So Samir, we spoke pretty extensively about understanding how the different segments operate in terms of how they discover your uh, platform via ads and search or Facebook, and then how they come onto the platform and what you do to continue the context, so to speak, right? But we also spoke about how the form fill rates are about 20% and how the fill rate to mean the lead to uh, purchase rate, which is a payment stage, is a smaller percentage as well. And I can imagine you'll be doing more multi-channel interventions to improve these metrics as well. Okay. Could you tell us a bit about uh, those? Yeah, so, um, in terms of, uh, we call it chase or engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, we use we depend on various channels, remarketing being one of them. Uh, we use SMS, email, uh, web push and WhatsApp. Uh, so, the first stage where the guy is not filled up the form yet, you won't have contact details, which means you'll be dependent on, let's say, a web push. If, if they've subscribed to our web push, yes, uh, we'll be able to reach, reach out to them via web push. Uh, otherwise, what we do is, uh, the way our form is structured, we start with capturing the name, then the phone number, and then the four other fields that we captured. So, so you're saying it's, even if you filled up the phone number and not submitted, some schedules yeah, will be really yeah. So if you yeah. tab out uh, from your phone number, we call it lead initiated. Sure. Uh, we captured that event. So we have mm. a separate campaign which runs mm. for lead initiated, but lead not created. Okay. That covers for another, let's say 10% mm. uh, of the total. But yeah, uh, the larger audience uh, who've not filled up the form, we will continue to reach out to them through remarketing. Mm, which or, is the disparity targeting uh, ad ecosystem. Yes. And then uh, uh, web push. In terms of the level of recovery you're able to achieve with that is that, I mean, how does that number look of what you're able to re, I mean, bring back into the funnel using retargeting, for instance? Uh, in terms of percentage, it's very difficult to uh, uh, quantify this because uh, uh, it's uh, tracking cookie across multiple mm. devices is not it's uh, easy. Right? Yeah. So, uh, I don't think whether we'll be able to figure out at a unique user's level mm. uh, of the total people who drop out, how many are we able to uh, capture back. Yeah. Okay. But you said the web push side, whoever subscribed, are you able to share a number on what percent of people tend to be okay with web push versus not? Uh, of 100 users who come on our website, I think 10 to 15 would subscribe to the web push. And have you done a lot of experiments to improve this number in some times? Not not gone really aggressive. Um, mm. Actually, we've um, we've been working on a light app. So okay. recently, we've launched our own app, mm. uh, which is uh, nothing but a wrapper uh, around our uh, website. Mm. So an Android wrapper on the mobile website and a iOS wrapper on mm. the mobile website. Uh, and hence, now the app push also uh, comes into picture. But then this would mean uh, the app to be utilized a lot for people who are coming into the platform to buy insurance for the first time or a lot more for people who bought it and then now they want to continue engaging. So the primary target uh, audience is existing customers sure. and, and also users who are uh, late in their purchase funnel. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not meant for uh, top of the funnel. Yeah, because this is one more conversion step, right? Because yes. whatever people are coming in, if they're not even filling the form, to expect them to install the app would be a sharper funnel. Yeah, it's, it's not for the top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. It's for, uh, if you're late in the stage of buying, uh, let's say if you already made the payment, the payment. or uh, you're at the stage of making the payment, some people feel more comfortable making the payment on an app. On an app. Um, I was just having this conversation with a friend uh, mm -hmm. where um, he, he is a existing customer with MaxLife. And um, uh, the minute I told him that we've launched our own app, he said, okay, now I'm going to download the app and make the renewal payments on mm. the app. Uh, and my question to him was, uh, but it's it's the same experience that you'll get on the website. It's just a oh. wrapper. He said, no, uh, I'd rather do it on the app. Mm. So uh, in terms of the consumer psyche, uh, they are convinced that uh, if you have an app, it will provide a better experience 
and uh, it's it's a more trustworthy environment than besides i have a strong relationship with the brand i'm buying insurance from so i'm okay to retain that app on my phone and kind of watch correct. it every once in a while correct but what are the use cases except renewal, renewal payments this is just once a year kind of a structure right so uh, uh, we're trying to work on engagement mm. uh, as a key metric see um, what happens is Uh, most of our customers who've bought uh, insurance, let's say there's a customer who's bought it for 40 years, the only touch points we have with that customer is during their renewal cycle, Correct. right? And we don't really go back and communicate or engage with them on a regular basis. Mm. However, uh, at various stages, we do try to cross-sell mm. another product to mm. them, right? And um, uh, at an org level, uh, the penetration is significantly high. Uh, one mm. customer would end up buying two, two and a half policies on an average, right? Sure. Uh, to be able to uh, cross sell hmm. or to be able to retain that customer for a long period of time engagement is uh, a must so it's a definitely interesting topic samir yeah, but i'm yeah. going to hold this off and go back to our uh, 100 to 20 2024 because i'm dedicating a full part of the conversation to talk about what happens after this forum made payment and you know how do you engage from there sure. but 